Different Perspectives, a new podcast from Affect Autism. Welcome to another edition of Parent Perspectives, which is a side podcast to Affect Autism. Because the last Parent Perspectives with Cass Griffin Bennett on the guest appearance of Kieran Rose at Parent Support Meeting that ICDL holds and I facilitate each week was so um, such an interesting topic. Cass and I continued to speak about other things, which would have made that podcast way too long. And I realized it really was a separate topic from the guest appearance of Kieran. So the continuation of our conversation is essentially like a part two, but really it's a separate podcast today that I'm going to bring to you. We talk about, uh, in the beginning, about the communication aids that Cass uses in her family, which started with teaching her young child robust AAC at the age of two. She talks about some of the low-tech communication aids that they use in their family, and it merges into a conversation about how we can help our own regulation when we're with our children and some of the tools that Cass uses in her family that I hope will be helpful uh, for those of you listening. And I encourage people to comment on the blog post and let us know what kinds of things you use. So with that, I bring you the conversation with Cass Griffin Bennett, an autistic self-advocate and mother of two autistic daughters. She's in Washington State. What I loved about the conversation is that it then allowed others to share different kinds of tools. And, you know, I said, I I would love to have these types of sessions where we shared tools with each other and plan to do these activities and then kind of report back to each other. Like, instead of having an exercise buddy, it's like our parenting buddies where, you know, we get different, um, different ideas from each other. And, and actually we started doing this uh, in support group a couple of weeks ago, reviewing the podcast on the VISPA, the visual spatial planning assessment where there's activities you can do at home. One thing about um, communication supports that I think a lot of people, a lot of parents in particular have trouble with um, is that the kid doesn't want to use them, right? Like, oh, nope. Um, And at school, at home, um, I have found that if I start using something first and I frame it as being for me, Um, then very quickly, my children are also interested in using it. So I just want to throw out there that, um, you know, if you think there's something that your kid would benefit from, from using, use it yourself in front of them, model it, model the use without expectation that they do it at all. Um, but talk about how it helps you. Right. Um, and not in a not pushy way. And you might be really surprised at uh, their interest level growing from there. I think that's so true. A lot of times we don't take that extra effort. And we've talked about this a lot, how floor time is really about, or DIR is really about the parents changing and adjusting themselves to help support their child. And unfortunately, not all parents are willing to do that I think most parents are in theory willing to do that. And then parents have differing levels of support needs themselves that give them the capacity to be able to do everything 
And, and I talked about this at my ICDL conference presentation that, you know, um, you can't blame yourself for what you were unable to do in the past. And you can't be too hard on yourself for what you're unable to do in the present. You can do the best you can. Um, and I think just setting aside time to do little things to try, like learning an AAC sounds so overwhelming to me. So I can imagine that it would have been such a huge challenge for me, but I think what you're saying is by doing that, yes, you're modeling it for the child. Yes, the child would be interested in it, but imagine how it'll make communication easier for you as well to communicate with your child and just modeling, like saying things like whatever it is, like, you know, whatever usual things that you say, it takes years to learn a language. It's going to take months and months to get comfortable and learn AAC and just not to give up early. Yes. And to your point about regulation. And um, I, I mean, that is, I think one of the biggest challenges as a parent period, parent as an autistic parent of autistic children, um, sensory needs, competing sensory needs is, I mean, that's, that's the water I swim in, right? Um, that is my environment. So figuring out how to support my own regulation is a constantly evolving thing as well. So our children seeing us explore ways to support our own regulation benefits them because we are modeling self-regulation strategies and accommodation, sensory accommodations. Um, but also it helps us right? It helps us as parents be able to find that, that calm center, be able to deescalate, be able to provide more co-regulation with our kids when we are learning how to support our own nervous system, right? Um, so everyone wins. And, and that the one thing that really was an insight for me that I brought up in that ICDL presentation at the conference was that I thought I was taking care of myself because I would have somebody with our son, whether it's his dad or whether it's a helper and I'd go out and do stuff. I might go jogging. I might go to get a coffee. I might go to a concert, but the insight was what about when I'm with my child, what am I doing when I'm with my child to help to support that? And what I would tend to do is, um, you might say mask, you might say pretend, you might say be acting, whatever it is for the benefit of my child until I had that time to myself. But that was the big insight. And I think that's been my self-growth in the past year is learning how to regulate while I'm with my child so we can be together. Looks like you're holding up something you're going to show. I am. I'm holding up a, a little water bottle icon. Um, so... And here's my earbuds icon. We have different sort of um, strips in our house that have all kinds of um, low-tech AAC supports, right? Um, that say things like, I do not want to be by myself or I want to be by myself. Um, but I'm gonna use this water bottle one. Very, very frequently, I am standing in my kitchen I am feeling a little overwhelmed at the rising volume, the the sister bickering, all of that situation, right? Um, and all I will do is just stand in my kitchen, 
um, by where one of these is on the wall. And I'll just point to this and do this. And what I'm doing in the moment there is one, I'm getting a visual cue to remind myself, right? Oh, you know what? You're feeling overwhelmed. Maybe try a drink, take a drink of your water bottle. Um, but two, I'm giving a little tap, right? So the girls are seeing me do that. They are seeing, wow, mom's getting overwhelmed. Here's what she's doing to try to bring that back down to a manageable level for her, right? And I think a lot of times we don't give kids that, um, that direct chain, right? Of what we're doing when we're self-regulating. And I think for autistic kids in particular, if we can sort of, the more of those little insights into how we're keeping our cool when we're keeping our cool, so to speak, um, the better off they'll be in experimenting with strategies themselves to see what works for them. Right. Um, so, I mean, we, it's, it's all over our house and it's mostly, like I said, aimed at the adults, right. And they see us doing it and then get interested in doing it themselves. So, so helpful. I think that's going to be, um, a big piece of my learning in, as I now had the insight and now how do I put it into practice <laughs> to, you know, because does my son just think I'm always regulated? Like, no, like I'm, I'm clearly masking it if I'm getting frustrated and angry and I'm like, okay, sweetie. <laughs> oh yes. Right. That's nice, sweetie. You know, like he should know that I need a break or he should know that, oh, mom's feeling overwhelmed and not it for, for it to be about him, but for it to be about me and what I need to stay calm and regulated. And, and like you said, that then gives him permission to understand that he doesn't have to be regulated all the time. And when he's not, there's ways we can get through it. <laughs> there are things that we can experiment with to see what helps our body get back to a state that we want to be in. Yes. Right? Yes. And um, another thing that I thought of with everything we were talking about was how um, it we're talking about accommodations for autistic kids that are helpful for everybody. <laughs> so even neurotypical parents of neurotypical kids get overwhelmed. They also might get so frustrated they can't speak and what's wrong with using different forms of communication? I mean, people already are texting all the time. I mean, when I grew up, there were no cell phones. We weren't texting. This is a new thing. Um, embrace it and, and understand like, yes, you can text. Yes, you can do different things. We're already using different kinds of, um, you know, nonverbal communication cues anyway. Uh, it's an accommodation that helps everybody. Also, Karen Rose makes that point that you know, we shouldn't be thinking about it as, oh, now we got to go out of our way and do all these accommodations just because there's a couple autistic kids like, oh my goodness, what a pain in the butt. No, it's an accommodation that literally helps everybody and helps everybody appreciate, including everybody. It's, it's all positive. <laughs> Wait, it's all positive. Um, and you're also talk about another little lesson. Your, your child is also learning that different things, that different bodies need different things right? Which is sort of a really important lesson 
and thinking about being in classroom environments, right? And sort of how can I support my own needs um, and take care of me while being in community? That, that to me, you're talking about social skills, right? To me, it is a matter of self-awareness um, and understanding how to take care of my own body. And then knowing I am already very intrinsically motivated to be in community. And part of being in community is knowing that everybody has different needs that they are also really interested in making sure that they meet, right? So by modeling sort of what works for you and that you're a person who's always sort of trying to figure out better ways of meeting your own needs, you're also showing them that being in community requires sort of understanding that everybody has different needs, um, which is sort of a building step towards, you know, the being in community and social skills, right? And looking at that from another angle, it's also letting our kids know and, and learn and realize just through experience, oh, that person doesn't experience the world the same as me. Like this bothers me, but it doesn't seem to be bothering that person. Oh, I experienced this in this way, but maybe that person doesn't experience it in that way. And that's, you know, a real way of learning theory of mind as well, because you're understanding like, oh, people like, like what you said, but just coming at it from the other angle, like everybody's not like me. Everybody's not, I can't expect everybody to be the same way and can't expect them to understand that when I do this, it's because I'm this, like they don't know how I experience the world. I also have to take some responsibility to inform people as well. Not when you're like five, but you know, eventually as an adult, um, this is what I need. If you don't speak up, people don't know. Right. Um, so when you we... shouldn't say speak up because again, that's implying verbal language, but <laughs> the, the point being advocating for yourself in whatever way. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the big message as far as I'm concerned, is that what was really missing for me um, during those hardest early intervention years was any any support for my own nervous system. I knew how important co-regulation was. I knew it, right? I, I didn't need to be told that over and over again because I knew. Um, and I actually felt really like a failure, right? Because I was being told self-care, self-care, self-care. And it's like, okay, but what's being tossed at me for self-care is either not realistic or doesn't have the in the moment help that I need, right? It doesn't, maybe going to get my nails done or whatever may come to mind, taking a nice bubble bath. Maybe that helped me for a period of time, but it doesn't help me the next morning when I'm in sensory overload and have children attached to me, right? And, and I'm trying desperately not to lose my cool. Right. So thinking more about experimenting and being curious with regulation tools for ourselves is one of the most meaningful things I think we can do as parents um, to support our own health um, and then to support our children learning those skills themselves. Um, hmm, I'm thinking of a future parent course at ICDL <laughs> <laughs> on self-regulation strategies for ourselves. But again, it it's so important what you just said, 
because it's misunderstood. Like, yes, that's all we hear is about, but it took me, I've been doing floor time for 10 years. It took me till now to realize, yes, but you're not self-regulating when you're with your child, <laughs> you know, in the moment, like, like you said, you were taking the bubble baths, you were getting your nails done. I was going for a run. I was going to concerts. I was blaring my music in the car. Like, yeah, you know, like de-stressing. Um, but what about when we're together? <laughs> yeah. How can I do that? And, and just uh, in my conference presentation, I talked about taking the pause, like even just stopping and saying, Oh, you're asking a lot of questions right now. Cause my son, comes home from school. He's just asking me question, 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 question. And I'm trying to get dinner ready. And I'm like getting overwhelmed and the auditory input is getting to me. Just taking the pause to say, oh, you're asking a lot of questions right now is might be enough to keep my prefrontal cortex online and prevent me from getting that emotional trigger where I'm like, please be quiet for a minute. Not that I do that, but that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> one, of, one of our little cards is I need to press pause. Mm. Um, and that again would be like, sometimes there are things we want to communicate to each other. Sometimes they are visual cues for ourselves looking around. I can see four different spots where I have put these so that I can see them when I need to see them. Um, and oh, pause. There's a pause button right there <laughs> uh, to remind me to say that. Right. And so and and now I have a seven-year-old who knows what I need to press pause means. She has not used it yet for herself, but I have a feeling probably in the next six months she will, right? Yeah. Um, and it's very important that these things aren't done with like a threat involved, right? Like yes. we're not saying like, I'm going to press pause, like in a, none of that like that. It's, it's again, framed as support for myself, right? Here, I can show you. When I was talking about what I was seeing across the way, um, wait a minute, there. Can you see on the, the strip? Yep. Those are for me and I, there's push pause. I can do it different next time. And then we've got over here, uh, like this is, so this is all clearly for me, right? I need my coffee. My, my like four-year-old doesn't need to say I need my coffee, right? <laughs> but I do. Um, and it's a lot easier for me to just kind of come over here and be like, whoo, guys, whoo, whoo, <laughs> right? Um, it's a lot easier for me to come over here um, and touch ice water when I'm trying to regulate myself than, than say to them, Guys, mom is going to drink ice water right now because it's going to calm down my nervous system, right? If I am dysregulated, it is too much to ask <laughs> me to explain myself. <laughs> but by using these cues, my kids understand what I'm trying to do. Um, and, you know, and I get my own needs met at the same time, right? So I am guessing that those are also Velcro or something that you can take it off and hold it up. So you can either point to it or you can pick it up and like hold it up and show them. Yep. So we've got ice pack or cold washcloth on neck is one of them. Let's say my older daughter decides she wants a cold washcloth, right? Um, then if she wants, she can come up and grab it and give it to me, right? Or she can just point to it or do whatever, right? 
Um, but the point is all of whoop, that one fell. <laughs> one thing that's really important. The reason I wanted to do the Velcro dots is to show that like we can experiment, we can try things. Not everything that I put up there is going to end up being meaningful for me. Right. Um, so we have sort of a basket of all the loose ones that we kind of go through and we'll add to our own strips. And after I made one for me and for dad, right. Um, then the girls wanted of their own and everyone's is on a different background. So for the girls, they have their, like one is rainbows and the other is like her three favorite colors. Um, and so, and they chose that. Um, so it really has been an incredible tool uh, for us as a family and has really supported the grownups first and foremost, which we really need. And, and that brings up the point that this is one example. This is what helps Cass and Cass's family. It may or may not help you and your family, but having to, you know, going through and figuring out what works for your family. Um, that's why I love the idea of giving different examples. If people have examples, they want to post at, at the blog post, it would be wonderful because yeah, different things help different people for sure. I love it. You know, I've got my, my little self ones say things like I can do it different next time mm -hmm. is on the wall right there. Right. Um, and that's something that I like, maybe I mess up. Right. And I can sort of go down a little shame spiral about like things I could have done different. Right. Um, but reminding myself, you know what, I can do it different next time, um, is something I need to hear. So if there's something you need to hear on your daily throughout your parenting journey, put it somewhere you can see it, right? <laughs> um, little things like that really go a long way. And the other day I was doing my little water bottle. It actually says ice water in the kitchen. So I was doing my ice water situation and my, um, she had not turned seven yet. So my six-year-old. Um, watched me do that, saw it, was like, mom's doing her ice water. Um, and then she pointed to the strip on the wall where I had it. Um, and one of it below has five, four, three, two, one, which is, um, I've got a little card up and it's the senses, right? And so you name five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can smell, that sort of thing. It's a grounding exercise. Um, and she, she touched it and said, mom, do you want to do five, four, three, two, one with me? Oh, and I said, sure, we can try that. Um, but to me, that is gold, right? I mean, that is, that um, is theory of mind, <laughs> that is, right? That is theory of mind. That is everything I'm trying to do, right? <laughs> um, yep. as, as a parent and it's centered around taking care of me, right? It's all, it all started because I'm trying to show, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to support myself and, and have visual cues. And in doing so, I'm showing her strategies that we can use to get our bodies to be where we want them to be as different people who have different needs. You know, it, it's so interesting. Like when I talked about coming at it from a different angle, like in um, We Chose Play, which I made in 2021, two years now, um, over two years ago, in episode two is all about the 
what did I do wrong? So the first episode is about sort of that shock that people get with the diagnosis and that whole grief that parents go through and how you have to get over that and have that energy to love your child for who they are. And Dr. Robert Nassif's input about ambiguous loss. Episode two is about what did I miss? So the parents, not maybe not all parents, but a lot of parents go through this. What did I do wrong? I must have done something like, why did, why did my child end up differently than I thought? And you go through all these things and then you get sucked into all of these marketing schemes where people are trying to cure autism and you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to do that. And so I'm trying to debunk all of that stuff. And then um, the the rest of that episode is the podcasts I did with Dr. Kathy Platzman, who is a DIR floor time psychologist talking about that avoiding the blame. And you talked about the shame spiral. I love that term and how we can't get caught up in that because if you're focusing on the past, you're depressed. If you're focusing on the future, you're anxious and just trying to stay in the moment and realizing like, oh, I guess I didn't know better than in that moment. Oh, um, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I'm going to try. And what you said, I, I can do it different next time. Like those things are so important. So this discussion with you, Cass, gives me another angle to look at those podcasts I did with Dr. Platzman and rethinking that episode two of season one of We Chose Play that I made. (laughs) So it's just always sort of um, adding a layer to the learning that we continue to do on our own individualized journeys. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Cass. It's just so wonderful hearing from other parents and and hearing how other parents deal with the same kinds of things, and especially from an autistic parent who has the autistic experience. And just all of this is just so helpful. I really appreciated our conversation and hope that other parents and practitioners who are listening and anyone else who's listening uh, benefit benefited from hearing some of these things that uh, we discussed. And uh, I'll be super eager to hear if people have other ideas. You can put it in the comments at the blog post at affectautism.com. Thank you so much, Cass. Thank you very much for having me, Daria. And I will um, see you on Monday. (laughs) See you at Parent Support Meeting on Monday. 